is sat down with myself and really thought about what I wanted to do next and what the next steps in my career would look like to take a really intentional approach at both identifying and uh, applying for postdocs. Uh, knowing what my goals were and knowing what I wanted to achieve in the next three and next five years really made it so that I could sort through my options as next steps and find something that fit my role. Okay, hello everyone and welcome. I'm Jeff Kozlowski. Marketing Communications Manager here at SMD, supporting graduate education and postdoctoral affairs. We are kicking off season two today of our, our Next Step LinkedIn Live series and podcast. Uh, but if you're not familiar with it, we bring on our graduate school alumni and, and talk about their life in grad school, maybe resources they took advantage of while they were here, uh, and you know that the whole experience, as well as their career journeys postgraduate school. So uh, you get a little bit of perspective on both of those things, uh, whether you're a prospective graduate student, maybe, or, or you're a current trainee, maybe about to hit the job market, you know, you're more than welcome to join us. I think you'll, you'll get something out of the show. Um, today's guest, Ian Kraut, he's currently a postdoctoral fellow at Emory University School of Medicine, also an assistant professor part-time at uh, Kennesaw State University down there in Georgia. Uh, he's a graduate of our toxicology PhD program in uh, December 2022. So uh, it's about a little over a year out, outside of grad school. And he's here. He's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, his journey to finding the right postdoc opportunity where he is now. And before I bring Ian on, just a couple more things. Uh, I do want to encourage you to uh, post your questions in the, in the comments. Um, we'll be monitoring those throughout. Also, if you miss the live stream uh, or you join late and you you want to catch up, this will uh, the recording will be available immediately after we wrap up here on on LinkedIn. So uh, also, you know, if you if you like what you hear, you can scan the QR code right there in the in the top left. Uh, if you want to check out previous episodes, uh, some previous interviews we've done with with um, I think last year we did 10 episodes. So we've, we've got 10 episodes up there on YouTube. Uh, we're also available now on Spotify and Apple if you just if you just want to listen to the audio version. So check it out. Um, all right. I think that's all from me here at the top. So without further ado, let me bring on Ian. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. So I, you know, there was a, a brief intro there at the top, but if you could elaborate a little bit on that, let us let us know who you are and, and what you're up to these days. Yeah. So uh, currently, I mean, my name's Ian and currently I'm a postdoctoral fellow at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I got my PhD from URMC in the toxicology program at the end of 2022. Uh, my current role sort of blends the fields of toxicology, microbiology, and neuroscience. I'm in Timothy Sampson's lab. Uh, our lab is focused primarily on uh, neurodegenerative diseases with my project looking at how pesticide exposure may actually interact with the gut microbiome and how this change in microbial composition uh, may actually impact the progression and onset of things such as Parkinson's disease. So day to day, I'm a bench scientist or I'm working on my computer doing sequencing and data analysis. And as you mentioned, Jeff, I just took on a part-time teaching 
gig uh, at Kennesaw State. So I've been really uh, getting into the flow of teaching some intro biology and biology lab classes this semester, which has been uh, really exciting. Very cool. Uh, so let's, I guess, take it a few years back. Just want to talk a little bit about how you discovered Rochester and, and ultimately how you decided this was where you wanted to do your graduate training. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, at the under my, at the end of my undergraduate career, I had a really strong idea that I wanted to pursue a research focused, uh, a graduate degree. And I had a strong interest in toxicology or pharmacology at the time. And so with that natural progression, I took the GREs and in the GRE testing center and through that process, there was some basic information that you filled out. And at the end of taking the test, it gave you some recommendations of places to send your scores. And so it just so happened that University of Rochester popped up on there and a couple other schools did as well. And when I got home, I was like, University of Rochester, I've never really heard of them having, you know, graduate programs, et cetera. And I typed it in and lo and behold, they have really prestigious toxicology program. And in reading some of the research profiles of the professors there, um, I was, you know, I fell in love with what the people were doing. And uh, it, it became a little bit higher on my list as, as, as it did with some of the other schools. And then I got to the point where I came and interviewed. And it was really during interview weekend that I made my decision that the University of Rochester was the place that I needed to be for my graduate school. This is partly because the toxicology program is so welcoming and inviting and the, the community there is really big, but the community at large and the university um, just felt like a place where not only was high level research going on, but there was also this unique focus on professional development of the trainees and unique focus on uh, supporting them and excelling in whatever direction they went. Whereas at some other institutions, it felt more like an academic pipeline. Um, at Rochester, it actually felt more of like, if you wanted to go in industry, we have the tools and support for that direction. If you want to stay in academia, obviously that exists. And so it just felt more like I could get what I wanted out of my time as a graduate student um, in Rochester more so than some of the other uh, locations that I was looking. So really came down to those, uh, those aspects for me. Yeah, and I wanted to quickly touch on the toxicology program specifically. Um, just not too long ago, the, the program's T32 was renewed for another five years. So that'll bring it to 50 consecutive years um, yeah. of, of being in existence and, and training, you know, sort of the next generation of um, our uh, toxicologists or, or um, you know, whatever they decide to go into. But what is it about that, you know, program? You mentioned that that program, the, the community around it, um, you know, can you talk just a little bit about that and and what, what, what it was like just sort of being a part of that group? Yeah. Yeah. So the toxicology program, um, like I mentioned, being really unique in opposed to the other programs that I looked at and the fact that they focused on collaboration and interdisciplinary work as opposed to competition and sort of trapping yourself in one discipline, which I found with a lot of the other graduate schools I looked at. And so with that focus on collaboration, it made the program really welcoming and it made it so that interdisciplinary work could occur between labs, between graduate students even. And it just felt like a place where not only could I do really good research, but I also had this networking aspect with a bunch of other students who had that same passion and drive for toxicology and were there to you know, put their best foot forward and do the best work they could. And I think that's something that the program strives to keep each year with incoming classes. Uh, and, and that community aspect holds true each and every year that I was there. And I still, to this date, I imagine. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know in previous conversations we had leading up to this, uh, you know, it sounded like while you were, once you were here in graduate school, um, you know, you took advantage of a lot of opportunity outside of the lab, outside of the bench work. I mean, you taught a class, you, um, you know, um, put together events. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the work you did there and, you know, ultimately how that benefited you in, in, in sort of the next step? Yeah. So when I started graduate school, obviously the rationale was because I had this deep love for doing research, but I wasn't exactly sure of where that was going to lead me and what my next steps would look like. So I made it a point to try to take advantage of any career and professional development opportunities that came my way. And a lot of that happened through my hub with Eric Vaughn and Elaine Smolik, the Writing Center. Um, I participated in a number of career talks and professional development workshops that really allowed me to see the breadth of opportunities that were available for PhDs and hone in my own career aspirations. So utilizing all of these things made me just a more well-rounded scientist, not only because professionally I looked better, but I was taking those skills that I learned in things such as leadership and management uh, workshops back to the bench. Um, I also took part in a science communication group, Thinkers and Drinkers, where we were able to focus on how do we communicate our science to individuals outside of the scientific field. And so not only was I doing the research, but I was working on how do I communicate that research to others to make it so that my PhD was not only at the bench, but was also interactive with translating that research to individuals who are the constituency of the research that we're completing. Um, so those are some of the things that I participated in overall, really just ended up creating this well-rounded experience in all aspects uh, during my time. Yeah, we've had um, other alums come on and say, you know, some things they wish they had done, you know, while they were in grad school was maybe not be so head down focused on their, their specific project, but like you said, make it more of a, uh, well-rounded experience and, and go to events, take other classes that, that are open to, to you as a, as a graduate trainee here. Um, so was was a postdoc something you sort of always had on your radar or, or kind of when did you, uh, you know, decide that that was probably a route you wanted to go? Yeah, so it's always been something that I had considered and something that I toyed around with the idea while I was at graduate school. Um, you know, there was a period of time where I was looking into industry roles and industry postdocs and those sort of things. So I've always kind of thought that it was something that I wanted to do. But it wasn't until the later end of uh, graduate school where I realized or I had the realization that I really wanted to continue my research training. Um, it's such a unique time to not only learn and grow as a scientist, but as a professional and as someone in your career that I wanted to get a little bit more time doing those things. And there was some specific techniques that I wanted to learn, some specific model systems I wanted to work with that I hadn't got a chance to just based on the nature of, of my graduate work. And so I really was very intentional about my postdoc and saying, here are the things that I, you know, really enjoy reading about and some of the things that I really think would be good for me to have in my tool belt as far as techniques and, and skills go. Um, and I set up my postdoc to be a way for me to get those skills and get that training while at the same time still being in a role where I could focus on professional and scientific growth. So something that I intentionally chose at the end because I knew there was more I wanted to learn and more I wanted to get technically 
Uh, and, and it just kind of worked out that I could do that in a role where I could also focus on professional and career growth at the same time. All right. And before we jump to the next question, I see we have a few folks tuning in. I'm watching in on, on LinkedIn here. Uh, if you do have questions, comments, make sure to, to drop them in the comments section there. Uh, we are monitoring. Uh, if, if anything, let us know where you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear about um, some of the folks in the audience as well. So, um, so yeah, moving on, you know, specifically, I guess, uh, while you were looking for opportunities, um, you know, what were, what were some of the, uh, I guess, what, what were some things you did before applying or, you know, that, that made you able to identify the right postdoc opportunity? I know you've talked to, um, you've come back for some MyHub, a MyHub event around, around this specific topics, yeah. um, and, and talk to trainees about it in the, in the past. So what, you know, if there is, someone out there thinking of going the postdoc route, what can they do to make sure they're, they're getting the, the right opportunity for them? Any, any tips, advice you can provide there? Yeah, for sure. I think the number one thing that I did, and I, I kind of mentioned in the last question is, is sat down with myself and really thought about what I wanted to do next and what the next steps in my career would look like to take a really intentional approach at both identifying and uh, applying for postdocs. Uh, knowing what my goals were and knowing what I wanted to achieve in the next three and next five years really made it so that I could sort through my options as next steps and find something that fit my role. Um, so that's sort of the first like general and broader topic, uh, setting goals for yourself and making sure that your postdoc can fulfill those goals uh, is, is really big because a lot of times I see colleagues going the postdoc route um, because it's, it's easy. There's a way to transition without um, having to, you know, job search for a while ahead of time or because they can stay in their own lab. And oftentimes they end up really unhappy because they didn't do it with intention and they're kind of just doing the same things they were doing in graduate school without learning and growing. So mm -hmm. understanding that making that decision really should be intentional. Um, and then beyond that, I, I really relied heavily on my committee. Um, you, these are people you're working with for four to five years that have come to know your research style, they've come to know your communication style, they've come to hear about what your professional and career goals are. And the committee is a really good place where you can get open and honest feedback from them as to what they might uh, suggest for, you know, what you could work on in the future or where you might be able to go. And so I relied on, on my committee and the members of my committee to really have those conversations open and honestly about what I wanted and how did they think or how would they recommend me taking those steps to get there. Um, and that was the first thing I did. And, and, and then having those conversations, we kind of get to got to the point of, you know, look back on those papers you've read over the past five years and what is the research that stands out? Why does it stand out? And can you go to a postdoc in those labs? Is is there a paper that's been so seminal that you've enjoyed so much? Send them an email, see what they say. And that's kind of where I ended up. I ended up looking through my EndNote library and saying, you know, I remember reading this paper and I remember really being um, impressed with the techniques and impressed with the results. Let me see what they're up to now and if they have a postdoctoral position. And in that way, it allowed me to be at a place that I knew I was really excited about and that I knew I could get the techniques and preparedness that I that I was looking for. What would you say has been, or, or how different is it being a postdoc versus graduate school? We've had some folks uh, pose that question before here on on the 
live stream. So I'd be curious to get your take. Um, yeah. How those how those two differ. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same in some respects. A lot of the a lot of the things that I really love about the lab are the same. The community aspect, the working with others, interdisciplinary work is all the same. But then you have a level of independence, which is also really great to kind of come up with your own experiments, your own projects, branch off of current projects in the lab, which is all sort of new for me. I also, in my current position, have a good bit of managerial roles that I take on as far as undergraduates and technicians. So doing more of a manager perspective and oversight of the experiments while also doing my own experiments is, is really new. So I think that's one difference. Another difference, and I think a key component to doing a postdoc is do it at a place where the PI is willing to give you a look behind the curtain. So in graduate school, you don't really see the details of everything that goes on in the life of a PI. Um, but in a postdoc, you're really working much closer and much more as a colleague with the PI. And you are presented with the opportunity to really see behind the curtain of what the PI role looks like. And it gives you really good insight as to, you know, what your career trajectory might look like, knowing the skills that are truly necessary to be an effective um, and independent researcher. Okay. Um, if, if you could do anything differently, um, you know, while you were in grad school, is there you know, anything? I know you're about a, a little over a year out now from from completing the PhD. Anything yeah. you do differently? Yeah, uh, that's a really tough question because I feel like I had such a great graduate school experience that allowed me to diversify myself really scientifically and professionally. Um, but I think if I had to pick one thing, it, it would probably be put, putting less stress on finishing and less stress on what my next steps would look like and enjoy my time while I was there. Um, and not that I didn't do that because I definitely took advantage of a lot of what was offered. But when I was doing so, my goal was always this is going to prep me for my next step or how would attending this event help me expand to the next steps outside of graduate career. Um, and I think there's a lot that you can learn from those workshops and apply directly to your time as a graduate student that I think taking the time to really live in the moment and enjoy it because it is such a unique opportunity where you can still be learning and still be growing while doing really exciting and high level research. So balancing the two of like knowing that you do have to transition at some point and being somewhat concerned with that and definitely paying attention to that timing, but also understanding that you are here for this defined amount of time and you can do a lot with that time while you're there. I think that would be be my biggest change would be living, trying to live a little bit more in the moment and less so for how it's going to help me in the future. All right. I love it. I, I will say one more uh, call out for questions. We'll be just got a couple more minutes here. Um, but if you're, if you're tuning in live and have a comment or question, drop it in the chat. Ian, I will just a, a couple things before we get to um, where folks maybe can connect with you after this. Throw a couple, I guess, quote unquote, maybe rapid fire things at you. They're, they're, okay. It's a little okay. bit of a surprise, but I, I promise no no big curveballs. Okay. Uh, what was a favorite? Do you have a favorite restaurant uh, during your time here in Rochester? Favorite restaurant in Rochester? Oh, there's so many good restaurants in Rochester. <laughs> that's that's what I've come to learn. Uh, I live right down the street from the Angry Goat Pub um, okay. in the South Wedge neighborhood, and they had surprisingly really good food. Uh, okay. It's bar food. If I had to pick like a, a more nicer restaurant, uh, Nosh. Um, Nosh was one of my favorite restaurants. Okay. They have some really good food and drinks there. All right. What was your what was your order at the Angry Goat? Uh, the beef on Weck. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wednesday's nine ninety nine. Can't beat it. 
<laughs> some of this honestly is for myself because i'm still new to the rochester area so i'm yeah you know, i'm taking notes but we've got <laughs> hopefully some prospective trainees tuning into you know hear a yeah. little bit about the the food scene what about um you know when you weren't weren't in the lab um or focused on on work where where could people find you maybe it was a favorite activity or, or something you know sort of outs, outside the lab but but in, in the area yeah uh i did a bunch one thing that i started picked up by being in Rochester was fly fishing. He okay. was very surprised of the, uh, the amazing trout water there uh, in the Rochester area, the Northeast. And, you know, it, I got into it up there. And, and then, then when I moved, I was like, wow, I got to drive 45 minutes to go fish a stream because there's no fish nearby. So one of the things that Rochester and the, the upstate New York area has is really good fisheries. So I got into fly fishing while I was there. It was a good relaxation time on the water away from the lab. So I love it. All right. That's a first. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about the, the fly fishing, um, in the area. So that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I guess, is there anything Ian that, that you want to hit on that, that we didn't get a chance to talk about or anything I didn't ask that you wish I had, if not, that's all right. But, uh, I just want to give you a last chance to cover anything we might've missed. I think, I think that was, yeah, that's pretty much everything I wanted to touch on. I mean, if from right. the trainee perspective, uh, get involved with different things that you can utilize all your resources. Don't be afraid to reach out to people like Eric and Elaine. If you have an idea or you have something you need help with, they're amazing and more than willing to help. So that would be my only like takeaway is like reach out, get involved, do as much as you can. All right. If and if folks want to connect with you, uh, where is the the best place to do that? Uh, yeah, probably on LinkedIn. Um, it's okay. probably the best place. But I'm also on Twitter. Uh, my handle is ADME underscore Ian. All right. Cool. We'll add we'll add some of that to the the comments and the show notes here. Um, Ian, that's that's all I have. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Um, thanks for for joining us and and uh, providing the wisdom um, for, yeah. to our our trainees and and prospective trainees. Much appreciated. Great. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thanks so much for tuning in to the latest episode of the Next Step Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share with other members of the University of Rochester community or anyone you think could benefit from these career stories. And we wish you nothing but the best in your own career journey. Until next time.